The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast here at your service. It is I, Stephen Jodderan. Joining me, as always, Jake Watroba and Armand Kafai. Today's episode, we're talking about the hottest rumors in MLS and obviously the biggest news in all of U.S. soccer, and that is the U-20 World Cup. But before we get to today's discussion, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and send us your comments, your thoughts, your ideas on the Twitter machine at Pod. And go back and do yourself a favor. Listen to our World Cup preview. It's fantastic. It came out two days ago. We had Yahoo Sports contributor Henry Bushnell join us to preview everything you need to know. But, fellas, let's talk about what everyone is buzzing about, and that is the U.S. victory over France in the U-20 World Cup in Poland. And, Armand, just recap for us in, like, 12 seconds what exactly transpired. It was a very back-and-forth game. I mean, I would say it looked like the U.S. was dead in the water. It took a 1-0 lead to start, but then kind of, I guess, I don't know if blowing it's the right word. There's like a team like France, who's one of the favorites to win the tournament. Uh, they were down 2-1, and I think everyone thought it was over, but a sweet pass from Tim Weah to find Sebastian Soto uh, made it 2-2, and then Justin Rennicks pounced on a spill from the French keeper uh, to score the game-winner in the 83rd minute. That's New England Revolution player Justin Rennix uh, for all you MLS haters out there. Um, yeah. in, in the eighth minute, to, Rez making to score, the mark to score the game, to score the game-winning goal for them. Uh, the U.S. will now take on Ecuador Saturday at 10:30 a.m. Uh, in the uh, next round. Um, but overall, it was a very, I would say, a strong showing. I was actually watching it while conducting interviews at FC Dallas, and uh, it was really interesting to see how the players are playing and especially with the coach watching over his shoulder and Luchi Gonzalez. So I think it's pretty fun, pretty good win. And the U S moves on to the next round. Yes. And that brings us to the question of the day, which is what should we make from the U S national teams three to two victory over France in the U 20 world cup. If you initially went on Twitter, it seemed like the United States had done something you had never done before. It was a buzz. People were cheering on. Either one of you, Jake or Armand, did you guys see the video of Alexi Lawless and Rob Stone glued to the TV watching what was transpiring as they prepare for the, the World Cup in France? I mean, I no, did. I, I did. I, have... I did. <laughs> and an incredible 
moment to see everyone saying the same thing. And Jake, what does this victory mean? Well, first of all, I mean, this is a huge shot in the arm for the U.S., especially for this group of players that they can now say, yeah, we can beat France. We can we can go and beat a team that is perceived better than us. We we can we can hold our own against a team that is deemed one of Europe's best. Uh, I think this is a huge win. This is a massive win. I'm not a U20 expert by any means, and none of us are on this show. But France has consistently turned out high-quality talent year after year after year after year. Their senior teams, mostly one of the best in the world. So that just shows you the type of talent that's on this youth national team for the French. And I think this is huge. I think this is a big, big win. And this should be a huge uh, win at the back of the U.S. as they play uh, Ecuador in the quarterfinals. Jake, I have to contend something here. You think France is this superb footballing nation? Let me remind you, from 2006, after Zinedine Zidane headbutted the Italian, cost them the World Cup, their second title in the span of less than a decade, they became a laughingstock. The 2008 Euros fail. 2010 World Cup, it was maybe bottom of the barrel. The 2012 European Championships, they got out of the group, but they didn't make any noise. 24... 2014 World Cup, sure, they got to the quarterfinals, but they were never a real contender. So for a, for a solid decade, the French national team have been a joke. So I, I, I don't think the praise for the French national team should be all that high. Well, they just won the World Cup, Stephen. Yes, but the, the U20... How do you say that? No, but listen, the, the U20 does does not have any bearing. I'm sorry, but Paul Carr on Twitter, guys. The US men's national team has reached three straight U20 World Cup quarterfinals for the first time. The US are the only country to reach the quarters at the last three U20 World Cups. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. If this is such a big win, then what have the last two tournaments meant? Armand, you said on this very show that this team, this squad, should contend for the cup. That they should win it. So somehow, I'm shocked that they're in the quarterfinals. If I told you and Jake before this tournament had started that the United States would be in the quarterfinals, neither one of you would be surprised and you would expect it. The U.S. is meeting expectations. This is a morale boost and that's it. Look, when you when you when you talk about it that way, okay, but you gotta look at it in a much different perspective. It's the way they're doing it. It's the What the bearing does this it's have on the senior France. team? It didn't they knocked off France. Look, look, big this is a, a country deal. that just missed the World Cup. They just missed the World Cup in twenty eighteen. They need every boost they get. None of these and players had any effect on that. Doesn't matter, it's the future. It's the future. And if my take that the U.S. should be competing in the 2022 World Cup is to, you know, come to fruition. They need results like this. And look at the players that are playing. It's not like it's a bunch of collegiate guys or, you know, a bunch of so there's like a bunch of collegiate guys playing. These are play, guys playing in Europe. These are guys playing in Europe, in Germany, 
Look, look at Chris Richards, Bayern Munich. You look at a guy like Sebastian Soto. Oh, he got minutes the first team in Hanover. Sergino Dest, minutes in the Dutch for the second team. Look, these are all guys are getting minutes. We have, this is a guy in the academy of Barcelona, for God's sake. This It's much different, I feel like. And it's okay to be bullish on these results because I do agree. Long term, this may – this huge victory or whatever may not be it may just be like one of those statistics oh remember in the u.s knocked off france in the 2019 u20 world cup remember that uh, like maybe after a loss but i was Armand, gonna throw it out there on twitter the impression you get on twitter is that it's much more than but just putting but the into problem, context the, pro- the problem is everyone wants to look forward to something I don't think we should rain on someone's parade because they're looking forward to, to something oh, like that. Oh, let's rain on people's parade. No, let's not rain on people's parade. Let's see. It, it, in the past U twenty world fantastic. Past U twenty World Cup winners. Jake, let me quiz you on this. Who won in two thousand seven? I don't know. Argentina. <laughs> who won it in two thousand and nine? Ghana. Who won in twenty eleven? Brazil. Who won in twenty thirteen? France. Paul Pogba was on that squad. Who won in 2015? Huh. Serbia. Mm. 2017, England. Let's see. Ghana, oh, Argentina, Brazil, weird. Serbia. They've been really, really, really good at the at the senior squad. Have they? Have they, they really? Every, you almost basically said every other team basically in that list has like done something relevant within the last... So Brazil has done yeah, something okay. relevant. Brazil has something has done something relevant. Ghana has something relevant. They went, to a, they relevant. went to a semifinal. It's Brazil. They Cup have qualified for England every got World to the Cup. Semifinal. Oh my god! <laughs> England, fine. I give you something. England, but Serbia, really? Serbia, Ghana, You're gonna give me England? Argentina, You're gonna give me France. You're gonna give me Argentina, and what Brazil? was the other team you named? Argentina, Brazil. please. You're gonna Wait, tell Steven, me Argentina. Steven, Steven, you are the biggest hypocrite because the last World Cup. All you did was set when Switzerland played Brazil was like, wow, this you know Swiss team uh, they went toe to toe with the Brazilians in the whatever U twenty World Cup. You know this is the you know so I don't know why people think they can't play with Brazil. They went toe to toe with them in the U twenty World Cup. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Come on, man, you are the most hypocritical no, but here, person here's ever. Here's the difference, Jake. Here's the we difference. We have it on recording. Wait, 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 Jake. Here's the difference. It's not the result. It's the players that are on the pitch. That's what makes the difference. It's so it's whether or not here. No, 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 no. Here's the difference. You cannot predict what's going to happen with this U20 World Cup roster. You cannot. Anyone that says that they're going to win the next World Cup based on this result is stupid. What you can't say is pick out a handful of players and say this could be an, an important core group that moves no forward. One, no one is saying because they beat France or because they win the 2019 U20 World Cup, that they're going to go and win the 2022 World Cup or the 2026 World Cup. That's not what anyone's saying. The win today over France was an upset. The French were the favorites going into the into this match today. So that's pretty noteworthy that the U.S. knocked off a team that was perceived better than them. There are a lot of kids on this team that look to be key members of the senior squad in the next uh, upcoming you know, handful of years here. That's what people are excited about. That's why people are holding on to this win and saying, look at, look at this. We just beat, we just beat France. France, they just won the world cup. 
They won the 2013 U20 World Cup, I think is what you just said. Paul Pogba. Yeah, well, you know, French, they beat the a French, French team without Mbappe, who's how old? Remind me how, ben, how okay, old Mbappe Okay, we didn't, is. we didn't have Tyler Adams. We didn't have uh, – help me out here, Amon. Who else are we missing on, on today's roster? I, I think it would just be Adams. I don't think McKinney's eligible. I think it was just Adams. Either way. Either well, way. We were, last World Cup, we were missing Christian Pulisic and Adams and uh, Weston McKinney. Uh, also, this U20 World Cup team was uh, missing Josh Sargent. That would have been a nice player to have uh, playing up top. I mean, we can do, we, we can do this all day. The fact of the matter is, the France as a nation turns out pretty good talent. I would say a lot more talent than the U.S. has ever turned out before. But Jake, so, you're putting too much stock into a. No one's putting stock into it. No, like, no, no, no. Yes, you are. It, if you you no, call it a massive upset, how's that not putting stock is. into it? Because it is. The, how is it not putting it stock upset. into it? What do you mean? How is it not putting stock into it? In the context of a tournament, it's a massive upset. It okay, is, it's okay a big but upset. Jake is making it sound like this is somehow going to catapult the U.S. men's national team forward. From a nation that just missed the World Cup, why wouldn't it? But it's this huge. is the same U-20. The last three U-20s the U.S. have gone to this stage. So getting to the quarterfinals is a big it's, deal? I don't know how to describe it to you in, in like this words. is one of the it's different. This is one of the biggest wins in this program's history, or at least in the last couple decades, I would say. <laughs> oh, who 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 have the U.S. beat that? It's been Spain, what, the Confederations Cup, two thousand nine. Yeah, Ghana. Let's see. God, Ghana. Ghana, Ghana. Yeah, in the context, I mean, uh, uh, I mean Algeria. Sorry, twenty ten World Cup. Wait, you Landon mean they, Donovan. Beat team, they beat a team they were supposed to, but they were playing like dog bleep for 92 minutes of the right, match. Right, and this is the same tw- U20 team that had struggled against against, uh, against who? Uh, uh, Qatar. I mean, we, we can go on and on and on result, about it. They? You just said Algeria was a great win. I, they got the result against Qatar. Senior team, though. Same thing? Senior team. Well, I wasn't talking about the senior team. I was talking about the youth team. Oh, you, the okay, team. wait, 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 wait. Take a step back. Maybe I misunderstood you. You say this is one of the biggest wins at the youth level for the U.S.? Yeah, in the program. Yeah. Oh, I, I understood just in general. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. At the youth program, pretty damn big win. I'll give you that. But to to look forward and say somehow we know what's going to be made of with these players – you don't know. I I can totally be uh, I can totally give it to you that in maybe seven eight years, whenever the World Cup comes around, that some of these players are on the team that goes to the final. Yeah, and and we can look back and say, wow, l- let's go back to that U twenty World Cup. But we could also be looking eight to ten years and say, dang, U S. once again crashed out of the round sixteen or the quarterfinals. Look who's on their roster. Hmm. You do not know what is going to happen. And I would sit there and say this is a morale boost to a U.S. soccer program that has had roadblock, failure, and a lot of boo-boos. And this is good because we're finally talking about something that happened on the pitch rather than off the pitch. But I would also say that winning a trophy like this can definitely launch you like the 2013 French U20 World Cup Championships into something massive. 
or you could be a Switzerland win a U-17 World Cup and kind of somewhat fail with expectations. So you could have both. It helps. It helps with player development, chemistry, because a lot of these players will play with each other for the next decade plus. I'm sure some of these players will be headed to Europe within two years, the ones that are playing in MLS, because they're talented. But pump the brakes, people. We do not know what's going to happen. Uh, all I'll say is this was the same competition that was the launching pad for the careers of Josh Sargent, Timothy Weah, and who was it? Was, was either way, whatever. All I'm saying is tournaments like this, performances like this are great for not only the youth national team, but the senior national team. Can I interrupt? Yes. Tyler Adams. He was at the last one. Tyler Adams. Thank you. This this tournament is a launching pad for players like Timothy Weah and Josh Sargent to get notice and to go overseas and play for big clubs like PSG or RB Leipzig or Werder Bremen. So regardless of what you think of, you know, you can't, and I'm not sitting here saying they're going to contend for a World Cup in eight years from now or 10 years from now or, you know, 2026, whatever. Armand is. All I'm saying is if the U-20 World Cup is what is needed for Paxton Palmecall to get noticed and to go over to Europe in a year or two, that's great. We need That's fantastic, and we need more of it. This is a good start. This is an, another avenue for U.S. talent to get noticed. To, get ex- to be exposed to European teams, to get them over to Europe and, and, and develop in, a, or in academies with higher levels of talent in them than what would be in MLS. 100%. That is my final thoughts. 100%. Spot on, Jake. All righty, listeners. Question of the day. What did this victory against France in the U-20 World Cup mean? Tweet at us, Pod. And uh, let's move on to some juicy MLS rumors. So there was a report out of Spain that Luis Suarez, striker for Barcelona, has an offer on the table from Inter Miami. The deal is a four-year deal, which would start in the summer of 2020. That is coming from, I'm hoping I'm saying this right, Xavi Capos on Cataluna radio so let's start there uh we got into it again steven me and steven like to debate a lot we like to argue through text embrace debate embrace the debate debate. steven you don't think this is that big of a deal you don't think that this is a a a big signing i would be a big well i don't think it it's on par with ibarimovic and wayne rooney so that's not a big signing i think it it, it's a signing you are literally yelling at us for like three months can straight I finish? about how can, the can I Rooney... finish? No, no. Can no, I finish? No, I want my point. I want, I want my point. How the Wayne Rooney signing, how we are, oh, how Armand and Jake were wrong. Yeah, apology letter every day. Every day, listeners, I'd get a text. You remember that apology letter? You're going to write it? You're going to write that apology letter? Yeah. But now if he's on the on par with Rooney and Ibra, it's, it's not good. No, not it, good? it's not bad, but Armand, it, it's on par. But here, here's my concern, and something that you brought up. So I'm actually using your point. Is he's 32 years old? By the time he comes over, he's, uh, whenever it may be, he might be 33. He's getting older. Are these the type of players? This is something you brought 
that came up. Secondly, I thought Wayne Rooney would change DC United. Would Luis Suarez change Miami, enter Miami? Would Luis Suarez somehow bring Miami into actual contention? We don't know because we don't know what the roster makeup is going to he be. He just scored 25 goals uh, at Barcelona this year. You're not wrong. He's a talented player. He's a world-class player. If old, decrepit Wayne Rooney can play at decrepit. Everton and barely make an impact at Everton and go and make an impact at DC United, I think Luis Suarez, who's tearing up La Liga, can sure as hell tear up Inter-Miami regardless of who's playing on the wings or who's playing in the midfield. All I'm saying is Luis also, Suarez is on par with a Wayne Rooney and an Ibarimovic signing. And by me, the way, wait, wait, wait. It was you guys that undersold the Wayne Rooney signings. You guys made jokes out of it. I held the Wayne Rooney signing a lot higher than you did. So I'm being consistent. It is you two that are being the frauds. Oh, my God. This is this is from our, our text conversation two nights ago. I'm going to uh, put this on blast. <laughs> oh, we're, we're great. Seeing- Right. Thanks, Jake. Uh, me to you and uh, Stephen. Luis Suarez has an offer on the table from Miami. Stephen, who cares? <laughs> no, but seriously, who cares? We don't know what the oh. roster is going to be. If Luis Suarez went to the New England Revolution or, or freaking Colorado, we would say, cool. Well, he would never go to those teams because they don't spend yeah. money on yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. Let's, be, let's be realistic, like NYCFC or something like that. I just think Luis Suarez is on par with a Slatan Ibrahimovic and Wayne Rooney. These names are all the same. We are seeing consistent rumor linkage with MLS clubs. Did we not just discuss Raheem Sterling to MLS? And that yeah. rumor. Yeah. Okay. It is becoming a consistent talking point, and these links are going away. Ronaldo. And let's get to Messi, Jake. All right, that's a great transition. I love your ability to segue. There is also a report out of Spain from Cataluna Radio that David Beckham has approached Lionel Messi about playing in Miami starting in 2021. By the way, to clarify, there are reports now coming out of Spain as of today. We're recording this show Tuesday night that Suarez is leaning towards rejecting that offer from David Beckham in Miami, but let's just say he does accept. And let's just say Lionel Messi accepts to come up come over in twenty twenty one. Steven, you're saying this is this is uh this is bad for MLS. You don't like it, who cares? Whoa, this whoa, is a- whoa. You just said Yeah, you just said that. I heard it. Well, okay, the aging players, you don't think going after aging players is somewhat of a bad thing? I mean Juventus. This is something you guys Cristiano contended Ronaldo. with a thirty two year old Wayne Rooney. Because Wayne Rooney's not as good as Lionel Messi and not as good as Luis you don't Suarez. Compare Wayne Rooney to Lionel Messi? Come on, Steven. I'm not look, comparing. You... I'm not comparing Lionel Messi to to Wayne Rooney. I'm comparing their ages. You so, cannot be in ages stop, and so, just stop, pick so, and so, choose so, so, and make so, so, the so, argument. So, you can't just simply can. say, "Oh, Lionel yes, Messi, he might be 32 coming to MLS." I have no idea what. Uh, if he'll be 32 when David Beckham wants him to come over. By the way, listeners, you can correct me on that. But you can't suddenly ignore that fact and then go on and play like a Wayne Rooney who's been England's best player in the last decade and a half and sit there and go, oh, he's 32. He sucks because he's 32. No, 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 no. The argument wasn't age. 
The yeah, no, no, no. Yes, it age. was. You guys, no, it you made no, a point of contention no, with his age. No, you guys, no, no, no. no, no we're gonna no. listen back to the tape. And yeah, we'll, we'll, next, next episode, Messi, we will go Lino, look at the debate. I have his age here. Okay. Lionel Messi, just for the sake of argument here, if you were to start the season with Inter Miami and not come over in the summer window or whatever, if you were to start in the in this late winter, early spring, he would be thirty three and a half years old. He turns 34 June, or sorry, he turns 32 June 24th. Here's the solution. You ready for this, Armand? You're going to love this. Here's the solution for Lionel Messi. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. He needs to go up to Boston and take some of that Tom Brady TB12 method, and Lionel Messi could play in MLS till he's like 42. Hey, wait. So, okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me ask you this, guys. Let me ask you this. A really hypothetical question. Let's say Messi comes up to uh don garver and beckham and says hey look i would love to join mls but i'll only do an mls if you offer me a deal like david beckham's deal with potential ownership uh a potential ownership stake and another team if you're don garver and if you're don garver specifically what do you say to that offer you uh, well you you take it <laughs> i mean but if, if, like like what is what if we, first of all that offer was that that offer was made to David Beckham when there was what 10 12 teams in the league. Yeah, right? no, you're yes, like that, yeah. it was it so, was it was a way I mean, we to don't get even, Beckham we, to come over. I, all of us in this podcast are assuming they're not going to stop expanding after this next round. They're not going to stop at 30. It's probably going to go beyond 32. So yeah, you give Lionel Messi uh an ownership stake in whatever dumb market he wants it in who cares it's Lionel Messi do you know how much that that'll, that'll provide so much more eyes on the league that Lionel Messi is playing in MLS that'll okay, be but let me let me ask you guys something we all agree Luis Suarez coming to the league is just on, at least at the very least on par with Wayne Rooney and Ibra coming to the league at the very least you guys can make it more or less that's up to you two Lionel Messi would be the GOAT coming, okay? We would all love it. Is there any negative or any negative side to him coming to MLS? No, not at all. Yes. My fear for certain players coming to MLS, and I think if Ibrahimovic would have made this move to MLS three or four years ago, we may have actually seen it. Is that players that are on Messi's level or Suarez's level, who aren't 36, 37, 38 years old, who are just, you know, this is their last ride. You know what I mean? I mean, this probably, if, if you're coming to MLS, if you're leaning on Messi, it's probably your last ride. Maybe you go play in Argentina, but whatever. My biggest fear is you bring over a player like Messi, who is still in the prime of his career who then comes comes in the league and just makes a joke of it and just tears defenses apart and just goes and shows that, hey, look how bad this league is. I'm I'm 34 years old and I'm scoring oh, 30. He did that in La Liga. He tore up supposedly okay, well then, the best league. So that argument is useless. Let's say he hangs 50 goals in a season then. He, he put 94 in a calendar year. Well, whatever it may be, you name a number. It's not going to be a joke because it's messy. It's messy. Like, you expect the great ones to be great. Yeah, but I also don't expect them to just score at will either. But he- here's the negative Lots side, Jake. I thought you were going to take it like this, one of two ways. Players 
don't play the game and I idolize him, or B, you bury the 1.0s with a signing like this, and it's unless unless they're making drastic changes to the 1.0s, there has to be some semblance that the 1.0s get on par with the spending. Because tell me what, unless you, you actually prom- put promotion relegation where you put the owner's investment on the line, tell me what stops a Kraft, a Kroenke, whoever owns the Chicago Fire, whoever owns the Columbus Crew, whoever owns FC Dallas, the Hunt, to spend more. Why would they? The, the league is suddenly making a lot more money that Messi's now coming over and and wearing a, a jersey with the MLS badge. Because if Miami spends a lot of money and that equals more money for the league, well, what happens if... What happens if the Hunts decide, well, if we spend more money, that means we'll make even more money in return. You know what I mean? Yeah, spend money to make money. That's you know, economics 101. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, there's the, but that will never happen because you, the ownership, a lot of ownership groups in this league are very conservative. And while we're talking about ownership groups, I want to read this real quick from Jorge Moss from the Miami Herald on the future of Inner Miami. This is from the Miami Herald here. On Sunday, Moss did say the team planned to sign three marquee players, was already deeply involved in contract talks, and planned to announce their first big signing by the end of the summer. This is a city and team that is going to attract players who play in some of the best leagues in the world, Moss said. For us, it's important to bring the best players we can. First of all, to have a team that represents our city, that plays an exciting, attractive, offensive-oriented style of soccer with a lot of goal scoring. We are very excited and impressed by the amount of interest we've received from players who are in the world's best leagues who want to be a part of this team a lot because of their relationship with David Beckham. That is from Jorge Moss, co-owner of Inter Miami. Armand, give us your final thoughts. Look, Inter Miami does pull off one of these signings. It'll be huge for the league, I feel like, and huge for Inter Miami as a whole. Remember, Miami, you know, Miami's track record with soccer and sports in general is not good. And I wonder, and especially their first two years, not going to even be Miami. They're going to be in Fort Lauderdale. So this is going to be huge. And again, part of the, I, I think part of the package has to be, hey, look, like, for these guys, it's going to make it a little bit tougher. I mean, hey, you're going to live 45 minutes from Miami. I mean, sure, with cars and whatever, it's fine. But I mean, some players may not like that. I think whatever happens, if you get both of them, it's amazing. It's fantastic. These guys are still performing at a very high level. If you get one of them, it's fantastic. It's amazing. I don't think any of these will bring a drawback uh, to the league at all, especially with a league that's you know developing homegrown players. And players are even you know based in the academies that end up going elsewhere. I mean – Sebastian Soto, for example, started in the RSL Academy. If these guys don't keep progressing and moving, we're going to have that good balance of youth and an experienced top of a player. We're going to have that good balance of both. I think that's always important. I think for MLS to continue to grow, I mean, the league is still 20, 23, 24 years old. It's not that old. It's relatively young. These signs will propel a league. Look what Zlatan did. Sure, they lost, but you still have bicycle kick went viral. People are like, oh, hey. They come be, hey, Armand, did you say a bicycle kick? Well, yeah, I cover MLS. Of course I have. 
But like, oh, hey, do you see this? Like, people talk about MLS because of that stuff. So if Messi goes, MLS is a talking point. You get more fans, you start roping them in. You know what? It's okay. I like it. And you know what? Don't don't hold me to that Wayne Rooney argument, Steven, because uh, <laughs> that was a different story. Oh, you're gonna yeah. Be, okay. You're going now, to now you're you're gonna... be writing the apology letter. No, you're I'm not. Write I'm not letter. writing an apology when letter. When the U.S. wins the 2022 World Cup, okay. when Luis Suarez signs and scores 30 goals, you're going to pen those to me and Jake. No. Yeah. With love from Steven. No, love. no, no. I'm going to – my apologies letter is going to say, sorry, I thought that Luis Suarez was on par as a Wayne Rooney and Ibrahimovic. And so far, Ibrahimovic and Wayne Rooney have been pretty damn effing good. He's changing it. Hit him with the changeup. No, no, no. Change Listeners, up, change go back, listen to the last couple of episodes. Listeners. Tell us, tell us what you think about a Luis Suarez <laughs> signing. By the way, we want to know. Maybe we'll put a poll up on Twitter. Who, who the hell knows? Who's right, Armand and I or Steven on this Luis oh, Suarez? So, suddenly, this is debate. This is uh, me against. You. This is okay. this okay. is the sub. This is question of the day number two. Who was right? <laughs> Tweet at us at UncSamSoccerPod at Jake Watrova, at Steven Chodran, at Armand Kafai. Who's the better player? Who are you more excited to see? Who would be better for the league? Uh, that's it for today's show, though. We'll talk to you guys next time. Deuces. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.